don't want to learn to come to church. We want to learn to be the church. We hope as a result of the time we spend together that you would connect a little bit more with God, with each other, and with your purpose. This is the Community Church Podcast. those who are watching this, I am with Jeff Brown. He's a missionary that community has supported for years now, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah. it's quite a while, which is great. Yeah. And uh, you're in Germany. You and Linda are in Germany and uh, working over there. We have a lot of um, new faces at Community Church in Edwardsburg. Jeff, I didn't know if you'd mind just taking a minute kind of explaining the work that you're doing there and, and what that currently looks like. All right. Um, we have uh, been in Germany since... Um, 1989, so this year is 31 years. So we have been in church planting all this time. Um, you have supported us since 1997, I believe. Um, we um, have established two churches. Uh, and when I say established, I mean the churches are a rather large size. They have um, deacons and they have their own paid pastors. Um, both of them have, uh, the one has two pastors and the other three, that's the one I'm in now. Um, and But only one of them is paid. Um, so we use the term pastor interchangeably with elder here. And uh, so those are, uh, that's how the um, churches are made up. Um, they've been doing very well. Um, and um, maybe I could just, uh, well, okay, I'll wait for the right question. I'm married. We have um, four children, all of them are grown. Three of those are married and um, three of them live in South Carolina, the other lives in New Mexico. And I know we've, and we've known each other for a few years now. I've been at community for uh, just over 20 years, I think it was my last, last one here. Yeah. So right. uh, it's been great and we know um, your mom, Joyce, as well. She was at community for quite a few years. Right. And uh, I'm sure you still have frequent contact with her and didn't know if you could let some of the folks who know Joyce uh, give us maybe an update on how she's doing. Well, I think the last time mom and I talked was two weeks ago. She was doing well. Um, and then we've had email contact since that time. Um, and of course, her thoughts are with all of her children and grandchildren who are, um, they're medical people and involved with uh, COVID. Um, that uh, all together her children and her grandchildren who are on the front lines, really, um, that's seven people. Um, one of them is, um, is uh, working on creating 400 uh, COVID tests per day. Um, Tori. Wow. She's, uh, she's in Texas at the University of Texas, right? One is in New York right now as a nurse, so she's right up there where everything's happening. Yeah. Wow, that's... Um little scary. I mean, you guys are very much on the front line. The family is. You know, it's kind of surprising. That uh, was not something we ever, um, you know, would think, okay, we'll be involved with something like this. Um, but when there's an emergency and these are medical people or they're scientific people, then they, uh, they have to step up. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, I didn't know. It's been a while since I've uh, had a time to uh, read your newsletter. Um, I didn't know if you kind of give us an update as maybe before COVID-19 really took off, especially in your area. Um, 
I know you kind of let us know a little bit about the churches and the plants that are going on. Uh, I know at one time, I think you guys were doing a lot of Bible studies as well and um, having some ministries out of your home and in there in the churches. Um, if you might be able to provide any kind of an update on how those are going and any prayer requests related to the ministry itself that we might be able to pray for back here in the States. Okay. Um, well, uh, maybe I could um, introduce all of that by um, saying uh, something about how this has all progressed uh, since uh, 1991 when we started the first church. Um, after 15 years, we were finished there. A year later, they asked us to start a daughter church. And uh, so we built a team to spark the daughter church. 2008, we started a daughter church. Um, when we took people from the mother church, okay, that'd be the first one we started, uh, we took um, uh, seven members, seven members, I think it was. Boy, my mind, my memory fails me now. Maybe it's nine, including <laughs> us. And um, so we had 15 adults, and um, we uh, began the church. And, you know, you think, oh, giving up people to start a church, you know, that's, uh, that hurts. Well, okay, uh, it does a little. Um, but uh, we... As the daughter church have since started two daughter churches, um, and if you think about it, they had 120 in Erlangen, our first church, when they gave up people to start the daughter church. Now they're running about 180 on a Sunday. Um, last Sunday virtual. Last Sunday virtual, they had 300 people attend. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, so they're running 180. We're running 140. Uh, last uh, Sunday virtual, we had 150, um, and uh, and then we have two daughter churches all together. Not not talking about virtual, but before everything got going with COVID, um, we were all together four churches running um, running 400 on Sundays instead of 120 12 years ago. So it, it, obey the Lord; it really works. It really pays. Um, make the sacrifice. You cannot outgive God. If you do things in the right yeah. way, um, uh, the right things are going to happen. And I think that's what God wants. So you were asking about uh, Bible studies that we have. In the past, we had a lot yeah. of uh, evangelistic Bible studies. Um, that hasn't uh, been the case uh, in the last um, year, year and a half. We, uh, we uh, probably wound all of that down. We've done a lot of Discipleship Bible studies in the last, I would say, five, six years with new, um, with new Christians. And we developed a booklet for that, taken through the basics of the faith. That's what we call it, basics of the faith. Um, it's been very good for our people, for our church. It's been very good to ground people. And it's exciting to see those people now be very effective servants, not only join the church, but be very effective servants, and then they are winning others to Christ. Um, it's, it's a real blessing. So that's the sort of thing we're doing now until COVID hit, okay? And um, and then we, we haven't been doing a whole lot of those since then. Um, we've done an awful lot of, um, of uh, marriage counseling, um, and that uh, takes a lot of energy, spiritual energy. Um, uh, but again, that all has, um, has stopped uh, on account of COVID. Uh, one thing I was going to ask you is, you know, as we look at the state of the church in America and how it seems to become gradually more progressive, uh, more mega churches 
and um, you know different styles of worship and you know a lot of churches uh, like community have gone away from be um, having Sunday school and they've gone more small groups. So we've seen some tra- transitions there as far as the maybe the execution uh, of church and how church is done. What have you noticed um, in the last 31 years being in Germany? What what kind of transitions have you folks made or seen over there? Um, you mentioned, you know, you're not doing um, uh, the Bible studies right now, but those were very effective before. So what kind of transitions have you seen through the 31 years there in Germany? Yeah. Um, I, um, I think there is, uh, you know, just like I hear uh, pastors talk about in the United States, less, um, less commitment, less dedication. I think yeah, I would say the same thing is true here. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know a whole lot more to, to say than, than that. We, we have pretty much stayed the same course. It's worked for us rather well, and interestingly, when mm-hmm. we, when we did our uh, when we switched over after COVID to virtual, um, our Bible study that we have on Wednesday nights, the attendance has just exploded. Uh, we would have been shouting glory uh, back uh, a few weeks ago if we had that many people attend, but here it is. It's just exploded. It's really taken in yeah. uh, an awful lot of people. That's tremendous. We've seen. Um quite a bit of response as well as our church has gone more digital uh, with Facebook live and, and other things like that to try and um, reach our congregation as well as others um, that we might come in contact with. So yeah, it's been a really kind of neat how even during this time, God's still opening up doors for us to, to go through and still ministering to his church and, and the people there. So um, I didn't know if you could take us through because I don't think many of us have uh, much familiarity with church planning, but what is a, what's the process when it actually comes to planting a new church? You've done it a few times now. Uh, what does that, what does that look like for you? I know you took the seven or nine, whatever, um, folks from your first church to then branch off and start another one. But what does that look like to get from those nine to 15 people to a larger, more self-sustaining church? What, uh, what kind, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know, uh, it's all the Holy spirit and God's uh, blessing there, but you still have to put in the work uh, to to make that happen as well. So, what does that look like? Um, I would say a couple of things. Uh, matter of fact, I have a whole list, but you don't have time for it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that uh, needs to 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 be present is that the person or persons who are beginning um, the new church, um, that person has to know exactly what kind of church he wants to start. And um, we always would say that at the very beginning. Some people would say, okay, I, I don't want to be, you know, uh, involved with that. And that's okay. Uh, they, you know, God is leading them uh, on to something else. I don't believe that the churches that I plant are, are the last word um, in the Christian faith. So, um, you know, because they didn't join our church and because they heard what kind of church we're going to be and, and what are our uh, direction was uh, and didn't want to be with it. I think that's okay. I think it's how God leads. Um, but then He leads the people to you, with you, that um, are going to form the kind of church that God has led you to uh, to uh, have. And and so I pretty much stayed with my convictions. Uh, but I, I've laid that out always with each church plant. We've made that very plain of uh, what we're going to do and what kind of church it's going to be. So I think it's really crucial. The second thing I would say, and, and really. Number two should be number one is prayer. Um, 
it, it all, what's going to happen for eternity uh, requires prayer. It requires lots of prayer. It requires individual prayer. It requires group prayer. It, it requires fasting and prayer. Um, you just really need to uh, put um, yourself uh, at uh, God's disposal uh, so that he can use you, and you, you need to have his mind. It's much better than, than your mind. As far as strategy is concerned, I think that's tailor-made to the person who's doing the church planting or the team that's doing the church planting. Uh, we've done it both, you know, just Linda and I starting the first church, no one else. Um, and then uh, the second one was a team. Um, so we've done it both ways. And I think you have to tailor-make everything according to either the who you are or who the team is. <clears throat> And uh, everybody has different strategies, um, but uh, that that I don't think is uh, is necessarily um, the, uh, the the crucial thing. What strategy are you using? I think you know it's it's your walk with the Lord, it's your prayer, and your willingness to to uh, go out and um, you know put yourself on the line, let people laugh at you. Some um, you need to have a heart of an evangelist. If you're going to start a church. Um, there are some churches that, you know, they're, they're there for other reasons. Um, but if you want to reach people for Christ and see people really come to the Lord, then you have to have the heart of an evangelist. Paul said to Timothy, who was with him in church plant, you do the work of an evangelist. He didn't say, Timothy, you are an evangelist. You know, I don't know the answer to that one, but he said, do the work of an evangelist. And if you're in church planting, you're going to, you're going to have to do that. And even if you say, that's not my gift, uh, frankly, I don't think it's my gift. But uh, fortunately, where I went to a seminary that was laid on our hearts and we were trained to do personal evangelism. So um, that's what you, uh, kind of what you have to have. Um, and, I, and I guess, you know, instead of giving you my list, I'll just stop right there. Those are things that are really crucial um, for, um, for church planning. By the I think way, the biggest chance. Can I have one more? Can I have one more? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll say that. Yeah, please. Um, there's a book that I'm reading called The Reformed Pastor, and um, there was a uh, there's an introduction to The Reformed Pastor, um, and it's an excellent book for pastors, really. Um, and it was written by uh, Halverson, who at one time was the, um, uh, the chaplain of the United States Senate. And Halverson um, said when he became the pastor of his church before he was chaplain in the Senate, um, he and, and the staff that was with him, I don't know, it was one or two others, um, they decided we are going to concentrate on our people and make sure that they are healthy spiritually. And that was their big emphasis. They started with about 200 people, and before he was done, they had over 1,000. If you read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, um, at 23 to 27, it tells you, uh, pay attention to your flock. And then, as it goes on, it speaks about a natural increase that is there. And it wasn't just one guy with a few sheep. It's kind of big time in what it's, it's, it's written there, the number of people involved in the whole enterprise. Um, and he says, pay attention to your flock. And make sure it's doing well. And then there is this natural increase that takes place. Um, I think a a preacher, a pastor, a church planner would do well to really take that to heart. It struck me when I was a pastor in the United States, a young pastor, way back 35 years ago, and it's, and it's never let go of me. Um, take care of the people who are in your church, whether you start with 
10, whether you start with 20, and then as it grows to 50, or maybe it grows to 100, make sure that those people are being taken care of. And you know what? They will draw people, because they are spiritually healthy and walking with the Lord. They will draw people all on their own. Yeah, that's good. And that book was uh, Reformed Pastor? The Reformed Pastor by Richard Baxter. But the introduction is uh, what really got me. Um, and that's yeah. Halverson. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest challenge, um, in your opinion, when it comes to church planting? I think the biggest challenge is myself. Um, uh, I think you know, I've got to keep walking with the Lord. There are times that I would like to react in a carnal way. There are times that I would like to react in a almost frightened way. You know, something comes along, and there are times that, uh, again, this is carnal, but you, you get... You get upset, you get kind of angry with uh, people who have been dishonest. Um, you know, they, they came and, and they wanted to be a part of your church, but they didn't really tell you what they believed. They, you know, they didn't really tell you what, what they were after. And I think a lot of times they are very well-meaning, but um, in the long run, they should have been more open with you. Maybe they would have found out they would have done better at a different church. Um, so, you know, I think my biggest problem is myself, and I've learned over time, um, the, the crises, and we're in a big one now, just like you guys, okay? The crises, that's not a surprise to God. We are going to have problems, we're going to have crises, and he's not so worried about what hits us. What he's worried about, what God's concerned about, is how we respond, and that's what I need to be. Uh, concerned about is how to respond to these things and you know then there are other times that you can just sort of float along you, you know sort of say okay I want to I want to you know make sure, make sure I get this done and then you don't really pay attention to some crucial issues that are going on um, and and you need to you need to be alert um, spiritually and so I guess all summed up the biggest problem is me yeah sometimes we just have to get out of our own way we really do it's really true yeah. Um, could you remind me with Germany, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which I very well could be, the uh, majority of the population is Catholic, is that right? Um, no, not really. It's, um, uh, it's half and half. That'd be the best way to describe it. But oh, okay. Okay. It's changed uh, enormously. I know there are changes in the United States. I read about that. But um, it's changed enormously over here. Um, in about 1950, it was 95% Lutheran or Catholic. Um, it was about mm, uh, it was about 55% uh, Lutheran, about 40% Catholic, and then it has moved um, to where it's about 32% for each of them. Fancy that, okay? It's just dropped. Wow. And you know, I think I'm quoting something that's a good five years old. Uh, it's probably dropped more yeah. than that in the meantime. It's become secular, become heathen, become pagan. Uh, other religions have uh, become uh, significant. And basically, in the uh, society, um, uh, Christianity, uh, that you can cr criticize Christianity, but you need to be careful not to criticize other religions. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um. So let's just get into what's going on in the world with COVID-19. 
I know, uh, I think I heard that Angela Merkel uh, was tested positive for COVID-19 as well. What's been the the response there in Germany as far as the government goes to, to COVID-19? What kind of actions have they put in place? Um, well, here we're rather fortunate. The reason is because um, there were uh, Chinese people who were involved in industry here and a number of Germans got infected. This is way back in early January and um, they got on it quickly. They isolated them for two weeks um, and then they figured out what they're going to have to do. And they started testing in a very broad way. They've been testing 70,000 people a day and this has been going on for I would say uh, good six weeks. Uh, they've been testing 70,000 people a day. And so they've stayed mm. on top of it. Um, one uh, man that I talked to, uh, with, who's a biochemist who's involved in uh, the, German, um, uh, the German health system, and he is a member of our formature, uh, has told me that, um, that, um, that they've, they've stayed on top of things, and um, they've been able to, um, to break uh, a lot of the uh, problem that's uh, going on. I was just going to ask if you guys were confined to home or if they have everybody like on a stay-at-home order like they do in the States for the most part. It, it's actually more strict than the States or it depends on what state you're in in the United States. Um, uh, we are allowed to, to meet, you know, with one other person if you meet at all. And you keep your distance when you meet that person. Lynn and I, we go out for walks every day. Um, we are allowed to go to the store. Of course, you got to live, so you go to the store. Uh, there are a lot of people who are still going to work. A lot of people work from home now, um, but uh, there are a lot of people uh, going to work. Um, uh, small businesses, uh, that is a disaster. Um, just like in the United States, um, nobody knows what's what's going to happen in the future on account of that. Uh, it, it looks uh, somewhat dismal. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, uh, and you know, you can go to the doctor, go to the hospital. Um, but otherwise, it's uh, rather restricted, and um, that actually has had a pretty good effect in um, slowing down the uh, infections. I saw that uh, right now, I think Germany's fourth with uh, confirmed cases of the coronavirus, but their death toll, I mean, extremely low compared to, you know, the rest of the world. Um, I think I saw one of the statistics on Business Insider was that for every thousand people, Germany has eight hospital beds compared to the United States. For every thousand people, we have like two, two and a half hospital beds. Mm -hmm. So you have the to be able to address a lot of these issues that pop up. I talked recently to um, our missionaries that we support in Spain, Carrie and Sharon Owen, and they're in Southern Spain, but they were telling us, I mean, Spain has one of the best healthcare systems in the world, right up there with Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, their, their hospitals in Madrid have collapsed. They're actually putting folks into hotels there because they don't have the beds available and they have to kind of pick and choose who they're going to treat. Uh, how is the healthcare system holding up in Germany as far as you know? Um, it's being stretched right now. Um, not as bad as the United States, not, you know, and you've quoted the statistics. So I think that um, it's a good part of it. Um, I have a lot of people in my family involved in the healthcare system. So they've let me know how um, the hospitals have reduced in size uh, over the past uh, couple of decades. And uh, I'm sure that contributes uh, significantly, not size of the building, but it, it is a matter of how many patients they can handle. 
Um, here in Germany, we've had the same thing, but not nearly as extreme. I think I can compare the two. Um, that has been going on here, but not nearly as extreme. Uh, one of the things that has um, that they, they that, that has decreased um, in Germany in the last, um, I would say, uh, 10, 15 years, yeah, 10, 15 years, is the number of personnel. Uh, and um, it has just been less and less uh, with each graduating class. And uh, that has made it, uh, made it hard. Um, and, and it's yeah. making it hard now. They do feel certainly overstretched uh, here in Germany. Mm. What are you and Linda doing to stay busy? Says your nice walks and grocery store visits. <laughs> well, um, with the, um, with the uh, uh, meetings that we have that are video, then uh, we are involved in preparing for that. And as you can imagine, like we had our frustrating time today um, trying to make this thing work. Um, the, uh, there's a lot of work involved in, in any of those uh, video uh, programs uh, that we put together. So um, it's a lot of work and we do it live. Uh, we, we, all of our meetings are live. We even have a men's prayer meeting that we do live and we're thankful for that. We had 11 guys participate uh, yesterday in a men's prayer meeting for about uh, a little over an hour. Um, so there's a lot of work that uh, we're involved with that. I, I'm happy to do a lot of emailing, uh, whether we're talking about our church or with other churches and organizations we're associated with or with uh, our supporting churches like your own. Um, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in front of the computer right now. I used to spend a lot more time um, moving about. And uh, right now I'm, I'm spending more time in my office um, we're hoping, I'm hoping that that'll change uh, over the long run. It's not that healthy. When is, uh, hopefully this gets all lifted and goes away sooner rather than later, but when is the next time you and Linda are planning on a trip back to the States? Well, uh, we are uh, planning to retire and um, we will be coming back. Uh, well, let me, let me just say this. We have a plane ticket, a plane ticket for the 24th of June. Um, and we oh. are wondering right now, is that going to take place? Um, yeah. And so that's a prayer request to you. Um, yeah. Our we need to come back. We need to retire. Um, we're thankful uh, that with with what's happened with COVID, I've I've just had to pull out of a lot of things um, and let the guys who are more tech savvy uh, be working. So I'm not as upfront, and um, I'm thankful. This is what needs to happen for me right now. Uh, the two guys who are our other two elders. They're going to do great. Um, so anyway, um, uh, we are winding down. We're packing things up. Um, and uh, we plan to make it home in, uh, in uh, June. So if the Lord says yes, we will do that. And then we'll have to look for a house to buy. Um, and uh, so a lot of things are you know, coming up in front of us. Um, and uh, we... Um, we intend then, Baptist Mid expects us to visit any church that wants us to make a final report. And so, you know, we would say that to your church. If you want, to make, if you want us to make a final report, we'll be more than happy to do that and come in the uh, year after we get back. Um, you already mentioned a couple of them, but any other prayer requests that we can pray for you and Linda, your family about? Um, I think uh, pray um, for us in this time, and I'm sure... 
uh, that you all feel the same way. Pray that we will be using our time wisely, using our opportunities wisely, um, and uh, that God will continue to use us even in this unusual situation, will continue to use us to share the gospel and to win people to Christ. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's probably our request for our church as well, is just that, you know, God continues to um, give us a good vision on what we can do to utilize the, the talent and the time that we have there to continue to try and further his kingdom. So that's great. Well, we look forward to seeing you when you, uh, when you make it back to the States. And uh, do you know where you're going to be living at when you, when you do move back? It'll, it'll be in South Carolina. Like I said, we have three children there and all of our yep. grandchildren are living there right now. And, um, and one of them is uh, autistic. And uh, we feel now it is our time to, um, to uh, step up and help our son and daughter-in-law with um, that son, as well as paying attention to the other grandchildren. Um, I'll be about 69 when we get home, and so it's time. Congratulations on a fantastic run in Germany, by the way. And thank you for serving the Lord in the way you have and the capacity you guys have over there. I know it's probably not always been easy, but um, you know, hopefully you can look back and see a lot of the fruit that's been that's been there and uh, the seeds that have been planted. That's, that's awesome to see. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, and thank you to all of you at um, Community um, for your financial support for your prayer support for all these years we know many of you and and then for those who are new thank you uh, you don't even know us but you prayed for us and we appreciate it so much uh, greetings to your pastors and greetings to the whole group and chris it has been nice you have been very patient and i want to thank you <laughs> that's that's a two-way street yeah <laughs> I'll still have to work on getting my printer hooked up eventually, but uh, at least you and I got to talk. <laughs> it was good seeing you, Jeff. Take care. Blessings to you and Linda, and we'll keep praying for you guys and uh, and hang in there, in there during this time and uh, certainly stay in touch. We'll be excited to see you guys when you come back stateside. Thanks so much, Chris. Lord bless.